Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this is the Gem Jam, where we do an episode by episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem on the Holograms because it and the comic and the other comic are all truly, truly out, outraged misfits. It's misfits. We tried so hard, you guys. The misfits. Gem of the Holograms, The Misfits, number two, uh, issue two of what is, I understand, to be a five-issue miniseries. So not an ongoing. We were wrong. We were wrong. It's sad. We got something wrong on this podcast. <gasps> Somebody alert the internet. Uh, they know. They know. We all know this is a five-issue series, and I'm guessing with that number, it means that every issue is going to revolve around a different character. So last time was Pizzazz. It looks like this issue, we're going to have some Stormer feels. Too many Stormer feelings. I have so many feelings about Stormer. Oh, God. This comic has so many feelings about Stormer. Oh, man. Also, the cover of this one is done by Roboto, who uh, we usually know is the colorist. We've got Stormer crying and petting a kitty. Is she crying? I can see tears on her cheeks right below her eyes. I thought those were just shinies. I am going to believe she just has shiny eyes and she's very happy because she's petting a very good cat. Yes, he likes to pet. I feel like we should have an entire issue from Mad Mardigan's point of view, but I appreciate that we don't have room for that. Here's what I like. We had the writer for the Misfits last issue. Instead, uh, we have what is definitely the opening theme of the Misfits reality show. Oh, God. Complete with the logo at the bottom. The Misfits get real. You can just hear the, like, acoustic guitar chords at the end. That's a thing that's happening. And then we're going to start in immediately with this reality show. And then immediately again with a flashback. And it starts with a little interview segment. What are those called? Just interview segments? Confessionals, generally. Then we switch over to that morning as everyone's moving into the house because the show wants them all living in the same house. I mean, I guess that'll be good for footage, but bad for everybody. The only way this can end is with that house falling into the sea. This looks like a completely different house from Pizzazz's usual house. This looks specifically like a beach house. Oh my god, you're right, because this is addressed as Pizzazz's Malibu Beach House. She has a Malibu Beach House! Does it come complete with an elevator and a real working garage? And the friend with a wheelchair can't actually fit in the elevator, thereby uh, mostly defeating the purpose of an elevator? How's it going, Barbie? Good times! We get uh, Stormer pulling up, and she's in this, like, really cute like, I love her rockabilly fashion this, but I especially love this polka dot shirt she's got that's tied off at the belly. It's really cute. I never knew what I really needed in my life was rockabilly Stormer and St. Has delivered. Blaze is in the process of moving in and asks Stormer if she wants some help because she's the best. I love her biceps. Oh yeah, she's not like hella buff, but she is a kind of strong and I like it. Also, it turns out someone else is a gym person, as we will find out shortly as Stormer walks into the house and begs to be struck with lightning. Please strike me dead with a lightning bolt right now. Okay, now, now. Damn it. Uh, so we get inside to see Pizzazz and Roxy arguing. Pizzazz wants Roxy to get her punching bag out of the room, while Roxy's like, when I work out at the gym, I get 10,000 photos online about me, and I want to work out at home sometimes, Pizzazz. I love that Roxy's wearing her, like, cartoon-compliant leggings. Somehow it never occurred to me that Roxy would be, like, the strong bodybuilder gym guy. She's so buff. Suddenly everything clicks. That's why she's always eating bagels. She's got a carbo load. Speaking of, there are three boxes in this room. One is labeled bagels, one is labeled more bagels, and then a third one is labeled Roxy's, and I can only assume there's more bagels in those. I mean, look, that gym bag, probably full of old bagels. Look at that cat tower in the corner for Mad Mardigan. Because he's a good kitty. In fact, I think he's in, like, the background of one of these shots on the page where they're arguing, just kind of lounging, because he's a good cat. Yep, there he is. Hello. 
Spot the Mad Mardigan. He's just upside down near Pizzazz snoozing. Meanwhile, Pizzazz is like, you're not drilling holes in my ceiling. I'll put it in the garage. Roxy makes a very good point, which is, I had to sign a contract that I have to live with you. I'm going to have to punch this bag sometimes or else I'll be punching your face. And then she gets outvoted on hanging it in the garage by Jetta. Which is good. Garage and take your stupid bagels out of the living room while you're at it. Why do the bagels need to be in a box? Why do the bagels need to be in a sealed box? Because she needed to get the bagels from point A to point B. Pizzazz has got a great line where she's like, she's not careful. She'll turn into a bagel. Like, I'm not sure that's how that works, but okay. Pizzazz just storms off and then goes to immediately cool down by petting her kitty. Her very fat kitty. I miss the Mad Mardigan. I like how Mad Mardigan is kind of a chubby cat right now. Oh, he's so good. I love everybody's different versions of Mad Mardigan because they are all canon and he is all of those kitties. He's all the best kitty. Every Mad Mardigan is the best Mad Mardigan. And he just wants the pets and wants to snooze. And then we get this really cute scene where Pizzazz is like, I saved the good room for you, Stormer. It's like, oh, they're besties. One of the things that makes this issue in particular really work is the fact that we just get to see Pizzazz and Stormer one-on-one. And especially considering right now in the main issue, Pizzazz and Stormer are kind of in a bit of a fight. It's really nice to see this as sort of later on they get back together and they're fine. I also really love Pizzazz's body language around Stormer, especially the slinging the arm around her shoulders being like, I'm going to murder the other misfits. You won't wrap me out if I murder them, right? It's just so comfortable and casual and it's really nice to see. And Stormer goes, I think you're maybe going to want to kill me instead. Stormer's like, uh, and then looks over at the cameras. And like every single camera shot is going to have this really good border around it. That's just a camera one border with a bit of like the, the letterbox image there and sort of the bleed over. They're just well done panels, I think. They've got the extra border around them. They've got the extra lining. They're they're well done. The, the film crew is like, I'm sorry, we, we do have to film everything. You sign contracts to say we can do everything. And don't look at the cameras. And Stormer points out, no, she didn't sign. So no, you have to get out of her face. Oh, dang. So get that camera off me right now. Even Pizzazz is like, come on, get, give us give us a break. It's day one. And they're like, nope. And then we get to see the camera crew. The poor, poor camera crew. They don't get paid enough for this. They all look super cute, by the way. So we get this scene between Stormer and Pizzazz. And Stormer has reservations, which is an understatement. Yeah, Pizzazz has dragged them off to her room to go hang out and at least talk in private. And Stormer has brought some reading material to illustrate her point. And it's pictures at the beach of Stormer and the usual things that accompany pictures of fat women at the beach in magazines. So like, heads up everybody, this is a comic that deals with all the crap that Stormer goes through being a fat woman in the public sphere. It's brutal. Just know that it is written from a place of pure understanding. And this is something that from what I have seen, Kelly felt it was really important to talk about with Stormer. I'm glad we have the space to talk about this because it adds so much more to her character, but oof a doodle. And, you know, on the one hand, you want to believe that, like, the gem comic takes place in a world where people don't go through the same crap that they go through in our world. But on the other hand, seeing a character that you love go through some of the same crap that you've gone through kind of helps you connect to them a little more. It can help affirm a lot of things about your life, which is good. It's not like Stormer's life is all crap. This is the sort of downside that we're seeing now when previously we've established everything about her character that is very important, everything about her style that is very important. 
Catherine because she is always the cutest. And also she has a healthy, loving, fulfilling relationship. So it's not like we're just seeing her get crapped on. This is an added layer that's sort of a downside to that. So it's nice that it's seeing all aspects of her life like this. In this moment, too, even as it's being introduced to us, we're also seeing she has fulfilling relationships coming through to support her in it. Because Pizzazz immediately sees us and she just says, oh, this is awful. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. I didn't realize. But, but I thought you'd come to terms with this. I, I mean, you never seem to let it get to you. I, I never see it back up on you. Yeah. And then Stormer points out that just because Pizzazz doesn't see it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. And then we get some really heartbreaking flashbacks. But on the other hand, we get to see tiny, adorable Stormer. Oh, no. Who wrote the making mischief song? It's the one from the cartoon and of course she wrote it when she was like 10. There's a poster uh, for a band that needs a new singer at her school. She's singing into her hairbrush. She's really into this. Oh god, she's so cute. She's so tiny and cute. She's got a little black tutu. I can't handle this. And then we get smacked in the face in the next scene by middle school girls being middle school girls and therefore terrible. Because, man, there's this girl at school who makes fun of her because she's fat and she chooses to wear things that she likes. And somehow that is an affront to the entire world. This girl is mean to her and she has two flunky friends. I like that it shows that they go along with it, but they clearly don't feel cool with it, but they still go along along with it, which is very much like what most middle school mean kids are. They shoot each other kind of nervous glances, they laugh kind of awkwardly, and one of them looks back at Stormer as they're leaving. And I like that because it doesn't absolve them, but it also says that they're a little more sympathetic, but also they don't do anything or say anything. It ends with Stormer deciding she has to audition because if she doesn't, then this terrible girl wins. And then we flash forward to about three years ago, which we saw last issue as the first time that Pizzazz and Stormer really met and talked. So we see a little bit of the song that Stormer was singing. We see the argument that happened and we sort of get another perspective on that conversation. And it's, it involves both of them talking over Stormer like she's not even there. And then we get the meeting between Stormer and Pizzazz that's a little more fleshed out. Yeah, it's slightly different to the point where what I'm wondering is obviously Kelly could have just gone off the script she had before, but this feels a bit kind of like a Rashomon thing. I could see it as a Rashomon thing because uh, Pizzazz Pizzazz, of course, going to focus more on getting people involved in her van, whereas this kind of means a little bit more to Stormer as someone like wanting her. This is very clearly from Stormer's point of view and how she sees Pizzazz as this like mysterious figure that just kind of waltzed into her life. And there's actually a bit in the like the second last panel where her eye shines are little stars. She's literally starstruck by Pizzazz. Pizzazz is a force of nature. And I really like that what really gets Mary is that Pizzazz clearly recognizes her talent and believes in her and wants to do something with her. And it's just so good. And we have that same bit where she sort of names Stormer by saying she has a storm inside her. And then we get this great scene a few months later where a guy in the crowd says a really crappy thing to Stormer and we're not going to repeat it because it's really mean. But Pizzazz's immediate response is to start screaming at him. And then to leap on him and do like a pile driver straight to the ground, smashing into him. She stops the song immediately and gets so angry we see three different skulls behind her. Oh, she kicks the crap out of him. It's so good. It's that important. She stops immediately because nobody talks about her friend that way. Oh my god. Also, the rest of the band is there. We also have uh, Jed and Roxy. Roxy's excited. Roxy is thrilled. Say that again. I dare you. Yeah, that's what I thought. Not so 
tough now, huh? And then she gets arrested. Anyone got bail? Maybe if we pull together? No, I, I got it. I'll take care of it. Stormer's the one who bails out Pizzazz. And she's uh, getting a lot of alerts on her phone, which will become relevant later. In the meantime, Pizzazz has come out. She's ready to go home. And Stormer just, can we say glomp? I believe that qualifies as a glomp. That's definitely a glomp. Stormer points out, you can't do that again. We're going to be really famous. You can't just attack everyone who's cruel to me. And Pizzazz's response is, yes, I can. She leans in. Everything turns to shadows. And she just has this, like, dead stare. I love Pizzazz. And it's really terrifying, but it's also really sweet because Pizzazz just volunteered to beat up everyone who's mean to Stormer. And as she just sort of saunters away, Stormer has these little, like, hearts and stars around her head. This is quite possibly the first time that Stormer has had someone in her life who's willing to stand up for her. Would that we all had a friend like this. For a lot of people, I am that friend. To the point where they're like, please stop. And then as she turns to walk away, Stormer pulls out all of the alerts that she is getting on her phone and... They're not great. Yeah, not only is the story everywhere, but people keep messaging her. There's a positive message in there, which is someone saying, you're beautiful, don't let haters get you down. But speaking from experience, when you're getting a crap ton of really terrible messages, the fact that you're getting even more messages from supporters and that's blowing up your phone even more doesn't really help. Twitter is a nightmare. And Stormer doesn't say anything to Pizzazz. She doesn't tell her all of the alerts that are blowing up her phone. She just blocks a couple of people and tries to move on. And then and of course, we have this terrible, terrible meeting last week for the reality show. She's with like the board, the producers and sort of the writers because they're like, OK, so let's be real. Reality TV show does have to have a storyline. We want to do a few story concepts with you because otherwise we're just filming things with no actual like follow through. Polling shows people are very excited about you and Kimber. The lesbian thing plays very well. The lesbian thing? I want to punch this guy so bad. They say that they think a great narrative, and they have lots of sponsors lined up for this, where Birushi overcomes her weight and they want to help her get to where she wants to be, because clearly she has to be unhappy with how she is. They basically want to do a Biggest Loser storyline with her, and it's disgusting. Stormer reacts appropriately, because they're like, oh no, we don't have to go to the sponsorship. There are lots of ways to do this. And she says, no, there are zero ways to do this. She storms out, there's pages flying everywhere. And all they say is, well, that didn't go well. Yeah, no, you don't say. And then we're back to Pizzazz talking to Stormer. Stormer's pointing out, I don't want a magnifying glass on my entire life. I go through enough crap as it is. And uh, Pizzazz says, you got through coming out in public, you can get through this too. And she's like, I'd like my life to be more than getting through things. Besides, you think I don't still hear about being gay every day too? Pizzazz is still a really good friend here because she says, I guess I don't know how it is. And Stormer points out that she has that luxury and Stormer's never had that. There's no option for her to just be fat and private. Pizzazz being her best friend and a very good and supportive friend just accepts that this is something that is hard for her and says, I didn't know. I'm sorry. She accepts Stormer's reality. Stormer's like, I have to be brave. And then she has an epiphany. And she starts laughing. I have to be. And Pizzazz is confused as heck. What's so funny? What did I miss? If there's not a choice, then all there is is what I do with it. And what I'm going to do is show them a narrative they never imagined. My narrative. The one I've always lived. The one that got me here. The one they can't even comprehend. I know this is like a very trivial thing in the middle of this great big emotional arc, but the next panel we get revealed that Pizzazz is wearing ballet flats with spikes on them, which is the best thing. Comfort and sass. Basically, Pizzazz says, I don't really get it, but I like where you're going with this. And... 
Are you sure you can do this? I don't want you to be hurt. Stormer says she's going to sign the basic contract, the one that says she's moving in and will be part of the show, but she's not signing any other stuff. And now we get to where we started and we come back to Stormer's confessional. Can I ask what changed your mind? This monologue is amazing. It probably reduced the effect to read the whole thing. So if you're in a position to buy this comic and read it yourself, I would very much recommend that you do. She talks about how difficult it is to be an other, to be othered just by being herself and being who she is every single day and how she is beautiful. And also it's a nightmare to be who she is. And she talks about how she's doing this for others too, like the people who are othering her, basically. Just because if people like her were to just hide all the time, nobody would get to experience her. I'm made of storms and I will tear you up. Hell yeah, Stormer! Yeah, Stormer! Oh my god! And Pizzazz is there supporting her going, hell yeah, Stormer. This is an issue that is just full of strength and feelings and emotions and I am so happy that this exists and it makes me so excited in retrospect for the Pizzazz issue. I'm thrilled that this one exists and I'm so excited to see where more of these characters go. I'm so glad that this comic happened and that we have a reason for all these bandmates sticking with Pizzazz rather than like in the cartoon. Stormer is here because Pizzazz is her best friend and they believe in each other. It's really giving an extra dimension to the misfits that can only really be done when they're the protagonists and not the antagonists. Because I mean, there's so many characters to juggle in the main book and there's so much to do that you don't really get to sit down and spend a lot of time with these characters, especially since their name isn't on the book. I'm really starting to see the point of this. And can I also just say that St. Ange has been really, really great with the art style in this, especially with like all these different versions of Stormer. She's really good at Stormer. Yes. She's so good at Stormer. And then there's My Little Pony ash can, but we don't have to talk about that. Let's uh, let's maybe skip that. Yes, it's fine if you like My Little Ponies, but we don't have to talk about that here. I think that wraps it up for us. <laughs> I think I'm emotionally drained now. Good job, everybody. We're good. We're good. Good talk, everybody. So the Gem Jam comes out every Sunday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can find us on Twitter and Tumblr. We are at the Gem Jam just about everywhere, except on Twitter, we are at Gem Jam Cast. If you like what we do and you want to support us, a like, rating, review, subscribe, comment, wherever you find our podcast is always great and helps us get discovered. And much like Stormer, we like hearing good things about ourselves and not Twitter egg things. Please don't beat people up on our behalf. Actually, I wouldn't mind it. Please go ahead and do it on my behalf, but not everybody else's. We don't need people showing up in court saying I beat someone up on behalf of the girls in the gem jam. Like, despite the wonders it would do for our reputation, we don't really need that on our conscience. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the gem jam. That Patreon also helps support other projects like I Will Fight You, which comes out about every six weeks and has some very good episodes, I think. Many good episodes. Yes, you will be pleased, I think. Wow, talk about deep cuts. That's for you, Mass Effect fandom. And until next Next time, dear listeners, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been the Gem Jam. Because I'm a 21st century misfit boy. I don't know how to live, but I got a lot of toys. And that's, I'm not doing the rest of that verse.